You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. How safe are your passwords? Are you confident behind the security of your passwords? Dovell Bonnet is here today to talk. He's the author of Making Passwords Secure, and it's a revealing the truth about password security and how new security called password authentication infrastructure can effectively give your cyber protection and security that you need. I've asked him to join us today to talk about his latest book and also the truth about multi-factor authentication. Don't get scared, CEOs. This is information that's digestible and yet important as we talk about the amount of cybersecurity that SMBs are facing and how under attack you are, I think you really want to stay with us for the next 20 minutes here on Critical Mass Radio Show. You know, this show is brought to you by our advertisers, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and TN Company. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com, or you can call me or text me anytime, reasonably, at 949-887-4104. All right, Dovell, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure being here. Let's, you know, get me started by telling us a little bit about your professional background. You know, what's your street cred to be able to come in here and talk about passwords and security? Well, I, first of all, have been in the smart card industry for 25 years. So I was in doing some of the very early projects here in the States. But back in 1999, I got a call from a division of Motorola called Indala. And I was basically a consultant at the time, which meant I was between jobs. Okay. And I came in, and they, they had a uh, customer of theirs that had gotten hacked. Now, this customer used the Motorola's ID badges that you hold up to a door, it beeps and opens the door and lets you in. For physical access. For physical access. And they wanted to go and add in something that would go and secure their security, called logical access. Okay. So I sat down with them, said, oh, yeah, this is easy, move this, do that, blah, blah, blah. And they said, okay, you're no longer a consultant, you are now our director of smart car development here for Indala. Okay, great. So I sat down. That fast, huh? That fast. So I said, okay, who's who's the customer? It's a little software company you might have heard of called Microsoft. Doesn't and they ring, doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, they had their um, Windows operating system 98 hacked and oh, stolen. Wow. And so they wanted a method in which they could use the same badge to securely log you into the house or into the building okay. and now securely log them into their network. Why? Why is that advantage to have all that on one platform? Because it's a convenience. Okay. If if it's not convenience, employees will find ways to circumvent security. Okay. It's just the way that is. Okay. And so by having a single card credential, now you're able to take that anywhere you go within the company, and you're protecting both the physical and the logical side of the business. Okay. So that is how you got started. Where did, where did it go from there? Well, did I you... stayed with Motorola for a number of years, then it was acquired by a company down here that you used to be down here in Irvine called HID. Okay, sure. And so I did a lot of work there. And then finally got to the point where I wanted to do this on my own because HID was, at the time, much more interested in the physical access. And I looked at this as a company today has two doorways that they have to protect. Okay. They got the physical door, and now they have the virtual door. So you want to lock both of them. Okay. So that's where I really wanted to go was securing that virtual front door. 
And it seems like most of the ink anymore is on the virtual door, isn't it? Right. About the security in the virtual door. Yes. Okay. So you have been uh, with your own firm then since? 2005. Okay. And what type of work do you specifically do I am the in found- addition to being an author? Well, I am the founder and CEO of a company called Access Smart. Okay. And so we're able to take almost any existing ID badge that you currently have. And you know how you have a smartphone and you want to add a new app to it? Yeah, sure. Do you send your phone into the, your service provider and then have them send you back a new phone? No. No. Of course not. You add it on yourself. So okay. I took that same principle of why not take an existing card that you already have that has unique identifiers in it and now add on a new app onto that card. So we can take anything from a Starbucks uh, loyalty card uh-huh. and add a password manager onto it up to the most advanced government-issued PIV CAC-type credentials. Okay, you're starting to throw out acronyms I now. know. That's okay. We'll explain them, CEOs. Don't tune out because of that. But is it It seems to me that physical security on a card is easier than the virtual door security on a card. Uh, The reason why I say that is you're swapping it and you're entering a building. What you do there is, I mean, you could steal physical assets. But um, how does having your your virtual key on that card enable you to get into the systems, etc. once you're inside the building then? What does that do for you? Okay, well, most everybody still uses passwords for their security. And what is the weakest link? You you, you start talking about, well, where are the problems with passwords? And I have stood up in front of many hackers' conferences and said, passwords are secure, and of course they all first laugh. And I said, okay, give me an example of insecurity. And they'll say, well, someone uses their dog's name. That's not a password problem, that's a password management problem. Okay. And then they'll say, well, they write them on sticky notes. Okay, that's a password management problem. That's not a password problem. Okay, I get So your when point. you look at at the security and how passwords are so easy, people understand those. So the press is very easy to go and blame passwords for the problem. And so if we can go and get the human element, the employee, out of the equation of having to type, remember, know, generate any of these passwords, I can be just as secure as any other types of encryption or any other types of security in there. Okay. And it just basically gets where... We can now have a 20-long, 30-long, we've even had, could do a 5,000-long character password. So, in other words, you can have a much more sophisticated yes. password. Yeah, but if you don't have to know it and type it and remember it. Right. 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 That's what I'm saying. It, it, do it once. It's there. You can almost forget about it then, mm-hmm. and but yet it can be harder for a hacker to figure out what your password is. Exactly. And then we are also able to change passwords. I mean, a lot of the other types of, and we'll talk about more about multi-factor authentication, it's not easy this to change This rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, you've been saying that enough over the years. Okay, good for you. Yeah, at least I didn't go 2FA. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be worse. I'd be totally lost. A critical mass radio show. What was the inspiration for you to write this book? Um, it really was because there was so much bad press about passwords, and people were misunderstanding and misinterpreting interpreting the security of passwords and trying to send and sell more advanced technology that didn't really make it that much stronger. And small businesses cannot afford some of these more advanced systems. Right. I mean, when I read an article from the cyber czar, Michael Daniel, who says he's hoping that one of the things he can do is kill passwords. It's like, no, you're not going to ever kill passwords. They're always going to be here. Uh-huh. And it's not a password authentication problem. It's a password management problem. Okay. So that's what we try to fix and that's what we do fix okay through your technology through our technology so we're able to use like a a smart card if you've ever well your new credit cards that you have the little gold chip yes that's that's a smart card that's a chip okay so we can use technology like that that actually stores the passwords on that chip so they're always in your possession and now you simply go to a computer 
drop the card into a reader that's connected to the USB port. So the, my earlier question about now that they're in the building, how do they access the, the virtual door? Right. It is through having a physical reader at their, at their terminal. At their computer. Their, their computer. Correct. Okay. And so they type in their one PIN that they know, and all we're doing there is just authenticating that the user knows the secret to unlock the card. Okay. But does not know the secrets to unlock the computer. The smart card knows all of that. Okay. And so it's filling in all that rest of that information. So when you first turn on your computer, that's when cybersecurity has to start. So your it's, point about waiting until they're after behind the firewall is too late. This is sort of what you're saying is trap them right at the keyboard. Exactly. Okay. And so then they, you know, they're into the computer. They can have a nice long password. They don't need to know it. And now they want to get into an application. They just click which app they want to go to. It launches the application, fills all the passwords in for them. They don't have to do anything. They want to go to a website, launches Internet Explorer, fills all the passwords in for them. So all you. So have you to can do, really have multiple passwords down the line. Oh yeah. All contained on the smart card. Yeah. If we do on the chip, we can store over 100 unique accounts. And if we have to do on the server, we can store unlimited number. So I've got one minute, though, Val, and tell me why is that more secure? What if you what if you dropped your smart card and I picked it up? Well, don't I have, like, carte blanche now for your world? No, because you still have that one pin that you have to know, and okay. we limit the number of tries that you can put in a false entry. Okay. Or we can also tie a biometric, which means like a fingerprint right. or an iris scan right. to it. So we can do those three factors of authentication. Okay. And all the data that's stored in the chip or in the server is fully encrypted to military standards. Okay. So your point about passwords, is that is that still an issue relative to having a key that I need to put in to access the smart card? It still feels like to me that it's a password. You know what I'm saying? It is a password, but it's only one password that you have to know. Okay. And we limit the number of times the false entry. And because it's multi-factor, meaning I have to have both the card and the PIN with me at the exact same time. That's the definition of multi-factor. Mm-hmm. Aha! See that, ladies and gentlemen? Bang the gong, Paul. We're getting knowledge out of the bell right here, right here. We're, we're defining terms in the real world, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. There's the Thank Whenever we have a teachable moment, we like to play the bong. Well, there are actually three factors of authentication of how do you know that the person is who they say they are. Uh And that is something you have, something you know, and something you are. And the R is your biometrics. If you use any one of those by itself, it's single factor, very insecure. Because you can get that one thing. Now, if you put any of the two together, now you have two-factor authentication. This is what the government and all of the new specs like HIPAA, high-tech, all right. the things that companies have to meet now uh-huh. for PCI, right. the government regulations and compliance are saying they need at least two-factor of, of authentication. Okay. And then if you put all three of those together, then you have three factors, which is the most secure. Right, and it the, is the most secure. And the odds of someone being able to have both your card, your fingerprint, and your PIN all at the same time without right. you knowing it. Right. Virtually impossible. Right, right. Okay. Well, that's great. Wow. You covered a lot of ground there in the first segment. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. We're going to take a short break here, really short, like one segment talking about one of the things that I do for the business community. And then we're going to be back for more conversation about security passwords and the book, Making Passwords Secure. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsor. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. 
Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Vulnerable they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. We're having a sideline conference. I'm so fascinated about cybersecurity and passwords, sorry, and, and security in general. You know, I wanted to uh, share with you my experience as a member of Center Club. Many of you know that I've been a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa for over seven years. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings, my annual executive conferences, and my daily business meetings at the club. I was just there earlier today. And I found the staff to be professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. If you are looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, and meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then consider joining Center Club in Costa Mesa. For more information regarding club membership, private events, maybe you've got a birthday party or a Christmas party or some type of big celebration, the club's perfect for that. Visit their website, center-club.com. All right, welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. You know, all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show, and the companies placed the interview on their website. Since we started in 2009, our show has reached over 175,000 listeners with our podcast. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show into your podcasting software to find our weekly show. All right, Dovell, tell me, you know, why would you say that small businesses... so? People that listen to my show, CEOs, business owners, up to about $100 million, you know, why should they be concerned about hacking and cybersecurity? Isn't it the big companies that everybody's trying to get into? Well, they're, they're trying to get into the big companies, but how do you get into those big companies? And it's through the small to medium-sized businesses. They are the target. 40% of the hackers are going to go after them. And the sad thing that happens with that is that 60% of the small businesses, once they have a security breach because of the amount of money that it costs to recover from one, go out bankrupt within six months to a year. When I saw that in your book, I thought, holy, holy Holy cow, right? Because the the damage, they don't have the finances many times to remediate their brand after something happens like that, I would think, right? That's kind of what you were talking about. Correct. And so, you know, you read some of these surveys and you'll hear the the average cost of a data breach and, you know, someone they go, oh, maybe it's $100,000. It's $6.7 million per incident. Uh And the first response I get from a small business is like, that's not possible. I don't do that kind of revenue, so how could it be that way? Well, when you start looking into all the fines and all of the government regulation that you have to meet. You've got to bring in lawyers. How much money have you spent over the number of years you've been in business to get the customers that you currently have? Well, that's all gone. And now you're going to lose 30% of your sales from your customers because that's the typical amount of customers that leave a company that has been hacked. And so it just starts mounting and building and building and building. And what we're also seeing now in the industry, you you remember the Target attack. You heard about Target being attacked and we all hit the news and, and what they did. Do you know how they got hacked? No, I do not. HVAC, Heating, Air Conditioning, Ventilation Services. So there was a small company that had software that managed and monitored all of their heating and ventilation. Hackers broke into that company, injected their virus into that piece of software, and then sent out an information to Target saying that you have a new update for your software. So please click here. So someone in Target did click onto it, and sure enough, there's the virus now into their system. Well, that's scary. Speak. That's that's just really scary, right? Yeah. Any of you CEOs that are listening who have large multinational corporations as your clients, or even larger client companies, you could be the 
on-ramp into their security system, exactly. is what you're saying. Well, and what happened now, we're hearing from Boeing and General Electric and General Motors and all these huge Fortune 500, 100 companies. They're now going down to their suppliers and their vendors and saying, if you don't beef up your security now, you're being dropped as a supplier. Right. And if you're a small company and that's your bread and butter and that's what you've been making money all along and all of a sudden you lose that big account, uh-huh. now you're also going to be affected. So so are the kind of companies we're talking about, sub $100 million companies, are they the kind kind of companies that could implement your technology and your solution? We can do anything from a small doctor's office of five people up to the U.S. government, and we are okay. doing some government contracts and, right now. And is, do the plat, is the platform different? I mean, are you just scaling your basic technology infrastructure, the smart card access, etc., or do you have different offerings for the larger, more sophisticated It's really clients? just scaling, and okay. it's just adding more and more licenses. How okay. many licenses you need, how many cards. So, it t- you know, typically with some of the more advanced type security in there, we We've seen uh, implementations take 12 to 18 months and cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to implement. Ours is very inexpensive, and it takes about an hour and a half. So right away, a company has the security on their passwords because most of the applications and operating systems and websites still have passwords. Right. The idea of a physical card sounds to me to be user-friendly as well. Yes. I I think people would take comfort regard of the millennials or boomers in your workforce if you give them a card you say okay here stick this card in this reader right here and that'll that'll get you access to your computer and the information systems doesn't seem like there's a terrible amount of training that needs to be done for that right and also it's something that they have just one thing to carry they're not loaded up with all these dongles and cards and everything else by adding it on to existing technology you make that one thing do more than let's say make a door go beep Right. And, and I think from a productivity point of view, it's probably a benefit to the, to the clients that use a simpler technology access, simpler from a user's perspective. It's like what you're offering, because my experience is people either daisy chain their password. In other words, I come up with one password and I use it everywhere, mm-hmm. in which case is like really insecure. Right. Because as, yep. as soon as I hit one, man, this is easy now to get everything or they forget. And so they're locked out of a system, and they have to call IT, and somebody's got to try to get them back in because they used the wrong password. Like you know, so there's none of that. Sounds none like none of that exists, system. and that's all part of the password management problem. And so we take care of the management side of it. So your point is password management is the is the weak link in the yes. password. Not the password itself. It's the human factors around it that are the weakest link. Correct. And that's what the social engineers go after. And if you're familiar with social engineering, it's just being able to call somebody up, pretending you're being somebody else. And we're finding that majority of people who try to be helpful will go ahead and give them their passwords. Oh, my gosh. Really? And, you know, I mean, it's something as simple as <laughs> what we call the Good Samaritan attack. If you've ever gone to a parking lot and you see, let's say, a USB stick sitting on the ground or in the lobby, and you think, oh, somebody lost this. It must be important files. Let me go take it up to my office and put it into the computer, and I'll find out who it belongs to, and I will go and give it back to him because I'm a good Samaritan. Well, actually, the hackers are salting parking lots and lobbies with these infected uh, USB sticks for the whole sole purpose of to inject viruses into the company's networks. Or they take it home and they put it in their personal oh, network, too, personal. Right? I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever had a cyber attack on their laptop or have a you know corrupted file system. It's, it's a pain regardless of where you are, right? right? And it's a security risk. Right. That's, the, the idea that a small vendor, uh, mid-market company, could be the gateway drug into the larger company's security system is really kind of chilling. Yes. The other thing that uh, that I've observed about SMBs that get under cyber attack is sometimes it's even coming from within the company, though, too. 
Yes. I mean, you do have the disgruntled employee. Right. But those are getting less and less. But it's really inside the uh, company because somebody was not trained and they open up an email that they shouldn't have been opened up. You know, it has an attachment right. or go to this link. So these are all social engineering attacks. But yeah, you can still get the disgruntled employee who will go and try to sell okay. uh, information. And we saw one incident, I'm sorry, but we oh. saw one incident where uh, a survey that 20% of employees will sell their company's passwords for a thousand dollars or less <laughs> she was a human nature huh <laughs> was it pt barnum anyway moving along um but my my thought was that it might be harder for a, another employee to take somebody's smart card multi-function access than it would be just to observe what your password is and then i just log in as you when you're not around right Right. So your system would sort of help prevent that internal cybersecurity. So I had a bet with one of the marketing firms we were doing with that uh, for a steak dinner at Ruth Chris down here. Nice. And he bet me that I could not find a password sticky note anywhere in a cubicle. <laughs> so I said, okay, give me he five minutes. Yeah, give me five Jeez. minutes because he had a policy. He had a written policy oh, uh, you weren't supposed you, to that's do. That's all it takes. Yeah. Right. And so Human I, nature. Yeah. So sitting over a nice dinner at Ruth Chris, so I went over all the problems that he had with his security. Because wow. sure enough, I found one in three minutes under a Kleenex box sitting on a bookshelf. Right. So... Great points. Enjoying this conversation. What's the right way and method for to fix cybersecurity and passwords? And take kind of rev- take us back up now because we're kind of getting in the weeds a little bit. But and I enjoy it. I'm learning a lot. We have two minutes left here on Critical Mass Radio. So, well, so what would you if I had a CEO of a middle market company sitting here? What advice would you give him or her? The first thing I would do would be doing some education with your employees. Most times, CEOs and the companies do not educate their employees about cybersecurity. What are the risks? What's things to be looking for? I don't know if you've ever seen those emails where some friend of yours has been stuck over in Europe and they lost their wallet and they want to go ahead and get some money and to come back. Well, I actually received an email from myself that I was stuck over in Europe while I'm sitting in California (laughs) asking myself for money. Um, So that's one of the things. Educate. Educate, educate. Okay. Second thing is, we all go to our doctors once a year, or at least we should. Right. And we take, you know, get a physical. Right. Bring in the experts and have them do a physical on your computer network. Don't rely on your IT people. IT people are great within the company, but they are focused on a different problem. Okay. So bring in the outside expert. Is that a reasonable expense? Is oh, it in yeah. your experience? I mean, is it, I mean, I know there's an ROI on it, but just like kind of raw dollars. Is it something? I mean, Sometimes there even isn't an ROI on it. I mean, okay. I, I can call up Microsoft, and Microsoft has some great services, and they will just go over the phone with you, and they'll just go and through your whole oh, computer okay. Okay. and clean it out. Okay. And um, I think I know enough about c- cybersecurity and security to be dangerous, but I still do it, and they still find things that I couldn't find. Okay. And the third thing is this whole password management side, so that you know now you can have a 20-long character password. Every password account has its own unique passwords. Passwords could be changed every single day if that's what you wanted to do. Right. But if you don't have to know it and you don't have to remember it and it's so convenient for the user, they're not going to circumvent your security to get in. So you're really, really putting as little responsibility on the user as possible for the security of the company. Correct. Which is probably a wise decision. Yep. Right. And there's all these other services that are out there to protect your company behind the firewall. That all stays in place. You don't right. get rid of it. Right. But how do you get that front door? So we've touched on just some of the subject matter content that you have in this book. And while your book is thorough, I can also say for the CEO of a middle market business, it's approachable. 
the the subject matter is 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 thick, but you approach it in a way that, as a business owner yourself, it's approachable for other business owners who aren't security specialists. So it is a fair read. How could they find your book? Well, we have a website called Making Password Secure. Dot com, and that's where you can go ahead and get a book. And we have also set you up. You were a, able to get that making passwords. Making, well, <laughs> making passwords secure. <laughs> you think that would have been bought. Okay, great. Yeah. Smart so man. I have the, the that website, and then we also have now a forward slash Rick R I C, and nice. anyone who goes there will get five dollars off the wow. price of the book. Okay, for well, all really, your listeners, I appreciate that. You're quite welcome. Thank you for putting the time into putting your thoughts and your experience into an approachable book that's easy to read and worth the time to invest it in reading it. And more importantly, I think, ladies and gentlemen, this hopefully this conversation has caused you to ask yourself, how secure are my systems? And if you don't have a solid answer for that, I think maybe it's spending a little bit of time with this book and with Devel may be the right answer. So yeah. thank you for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure being here. Okay, thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we'll have our second guest, Marcy Glenn, will be here. Our returning guest will be back to the show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based Tea & Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tandco.me. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 